You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 384. I am Tim Robertson. Hello, David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. I mean, I just, hello, Tim Robertson. I just realized I had... See, when I, when I do the podcast, I have only one ear completely covered in my headphones and the other one partially. So I get a little bit of a stereo sound for you from you, but I can still hear my own voice and what's going in here in the background. But right. right there at the beginning, I had both ears covered, so I sounded a little muffled as I was talking and didn't like that. Oh, it's kind so, of like when you talk with your fingers in your ears, it yeah, sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, these are good headphones, so they block out the sound pretty good. Even though they're not noise-canceling headphones and they're probably 10 years old now, they're amazing and I love them. And they were very expensive 10 years ago, and they're probably more expensive now. Yep. And uh, I'm not planning on buying any new headphones anytime soon, so I have to take care of these. <laughs> when, I'm done, I, when I'm done, I wrap the cord because you know, I couldn't use it in my brand new iPhone without an adapter. And I have a little hook uh, up above my desk that I put them on. Actually, I've got four or five pair of headphones up there that I kind of rotate through. One of them is a noise cancellating, noise cancellating, noise cancellation Bluetooth headphones that are kind of my mowing the lawn headphones. Yeah. Um, and I don't like the headphones that go in my ear. I know we've had this discussion before. I like over the ear headphones, not on the ear. I like over the ear headphones. Yeah. I'm, whereas I'm different, I prefer to have something stuck in my luck holes. Yeah. Yep. So, what's been going on with you this past week? Anything exciting? Uh, nothing exciting, really. Um, same old, same old, really. I've been really busy at work, but finally got a document out today, so uh, that's kind of off my plate, and I'm looking forward to relaxing over the weekend and not doing very much. Sounds like fun. Yeah. I, uh, I, didn't I, I texted you a couple pictures this morning. Yeah, I, I saw one was One was from a week ago, which was terrible. And one was from this morning, which wasn't, I mean, it's not as much snow and it's not as cold, but it was still pretty, just not fun. You know, it's winter, so it is what it is. Uh, and then I sent you, if I'm not mistaken, a third picture, a screen capture. Did you, you did. get that one? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I would talk about that right here at the beginning. Uh, I've mentioned in the past, uh, recent past, that I was going to kind of help uh, MacStock moving forward. Yep. And it's official. Um, I'm doing the sponsorship for MacStock. That doesn't mean I am sponsoring MacStock. I was just about to ask you. <laughs> You've to be careful how you phrase that. Yeah. Otherwise, Mike's going to be looking for a big check from you. A big check. Yeah. Um, I'm actually... Um, trying to, to work with some new sponsors for the uh, Expo and Conference coming up in July. Um, it'd be nice if you can come again sometime, David. Yeah, it's going to be tough because yep. um, the last time I was there, that was when my uh, my mother-in-law died, and so it falls around the same time every year. So uh, I think that's going to be difficult in the short term, but we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, the other thing I can do is, is try and talk my wife to coming with me, which might... Uh, might alleviate the problem somewhat. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I've never yeah. met her in person, so that would yeah. be cool. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, I'm probably going to bring Brooke with me again this coming year. I still think Cole would be extremely bored most of the time. Uh, but Brooke really enjoyed herself at the last Mac stock, so it's going to become a, 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 a Brooke and Dad thing that we do every summer for a while nice. anyways. And... Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to be working with uh, Mike, going to try to find some new sponsors and partners, and uh, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more than I have in the past here on the show because I've got an um, an active interest, if you will, yeah, in in helping the show succeed. Now, of course, between you and me promoting it here, uh, Guy and Gaz promoting on the MyMac show, uh, some of the other shows on the network talking about it. Um, we give it a lot of um, press, if you will. And every year we post pictures and we have some, you know, coverage at MyMac.com. But we're going to step that up this coming year because, again, I've got an interest in the show now. So um, 
but we would have been helpful anyways. We we really like Mac stock. It's it's yeah. it's the spiritual successor to a few of us missing Mac MacWorld Expo. Yeah, well, I've I sum it up as it's kind of a it's a mix between a Mac user group and an expo. And yeah. If you like the kind of sort of feel or the sound of that, then definitely is worth attending. And I remember the last time I was there, there were some people who, who drove very long distances across the States to get to that show. Yeah, some came from like Arizona. Yeah. Those were my Mac guys, by the way. Yeah. There's <laughs> a few guys from Minnesota and Nevada and yep. I, I seems to recall as well, yeah. So. Yeah. People come all and of course, people fly in too. Because it's yep. just it, the event takes place north of Chicago, so you can fly in from pretty much anywhere in the in the world to Chicago O'Hare International Airport and take an Uber up. It's pretty easy. Plus, yep. uh, usually there's volunteers. Guy Searle is generally one of them that will volunteer to drive people from the airport up to the event. Yeah, which is really cool. Really nice of them to do so. Yeah, it's it's good fun. Yep, I totally wouldn't volunteer to do that. By the way. <laughs> Well, my, well, my Sequoia doesn't get good gas mileage. Yeah, well, I've I've done it. It's it's fine. Yeah, you did it the last time you were there. Yeah, I did. Well, you took someone to the airport, and then That's it turned right. out she was going to a different airport than the one you were going to. Yeah, well, I got to see quite a lot of Chicago, so that was nice. There you go. She didn't. Um, well, I, yeah, we don't have we don't have to. Yeah, uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that you put in the show notes and. I kind of want to start with this one because it just cracks me up. So we talked about this uh, maybe a month and a half, two months ago, if that. Chinese, com- or, uh, sorry, Samsung was partnering up with Supreme. And Supreme is this really hot marketing company. Um, and Samsung kind of made a big splash that they're teaming up with Supreme to... And of course, Samsung is known as the the, the Apple copycat company. That's what yeah. they do, at least in the mobile phone industry. Um, and it turns out that the Supreme that they were teaming up with was kind of like them, a, a, a copycat company. They were. It was, uh, it was a counterfeit brand. Yeah. So <laughs> Supreme is a popular uh, skateboard fashion, um, and Supreme Italia was who they actually linked up with, who are. Um, it, it's, it's murky exactly how, what they are, but effectively they are some sort of spin-off that aren't the real deal and effectively snag the rights to uh, the Supreme name in their particular territory and have been trading on it ever since. Right. And uh, either Samsung knew that and didn't care, or alternatively the, they didn't do the due diligence and saw the name Supreme and assumed it was the real one when it wasn't. No, um, I think that they they knew they did care, but they didn't care. They cared that it wasn't the real one, but that's fine with them. They were looking at profiting from being known as a company working with Supreme, even though it was a fake one. They thought most people wouldn't research or look into it and just assume that, wow, look at that, that's pretty cool, and move on. Except the Internet didn't let that happen, David. <laughs> Everybody uh, noticed, and... Um uh, Blew them up for it. Yeah, basically it became, you know, Samsung and the fake Supreme is how it became known. And uh, obviously that wasn't probably good for either of those two brands. So Samsung has um, taken a couple of months, but has reconsidered and decided that they're not going to continue with that collaboration. Shocker. Well, talking you about, know, talking yeah, about fake. Well, lots of fakes going around. A lot of fake, and AT&T is proud of their fakery, Dave. Oh, yeah. They're, they're so proud of being, to labeling something that's completely fake, even though everyone is very der- derogatory. Well, yeah. And, and it's divisive, even among their own customers. People are like, come on, really? Um, well, the prob- look, the problem is, unfortunately, this is the issue, is that this is a marketing thing. And um, marketers have no shame. And what we're talking about is AT&T is rolling out. They already did to some Android phones, and now they're doing it with uh, iPhones in a public beta. That instead of saying 4G, now it says 5G and then a tiny little E. Yeah, and this is 
effectively uh, represents the top-end 4G LTE technology. And let's be clear, by the standards bodies and everything else, this is known as 4G LTE. It right. is absolutely nothing to do with anything that can be remotely considered 5G cellular technology, which is completely different and will uh, make this this 4G LTE technology look like the Stone Age in terms of performance. So this is effectively AT&T marketing trying to say, oh, we've got um, the latest network, we've got the fastest network, when in fact they haven't. It's just basically an evolution of the existing technology. Um, and uh, they, uh, much like this, I think the previous story with the Samsung thing, they are counting on the fact that outside of the tech space, nobody knows. And so yep. people will go into the, the AT&T store and they'll go, well, we've got, we've got 5GE technology now. Uh, and most people won't say, oh, what is that really? How is that different from what everyone else has? Um, and um, won't answer that question and therefore won't be able to get to be lied to, to be told, oh, it's better than everyone else's, when in fact it isn't. It's, I, I can't stand this kind of, I, I hate this kind of stuff. I really, really do. It's just, it's gross. It's, it's marketing it, to the the worst denominator. Well, yeah, it's basically exploiting the fact that most of their customers don't know anything about this technology, so it's lying to them. That's that, yeah. That there's will, no question. This isn't yeah. this isn't marketing doublespeak. This isn't just simply painting your products in the best picture available, which is what marketing is supposed to do. This is outright lying. This is yeah. this is false. This is you know. This I is think the yeah. This is the mostering equivalent of. Um, Take basically buying it. Take if, suppose Toyota has come out with a new Toyota Camry, yeah, and they did something to enrich the fuel mixture so that uh, the car had a little bit more power than it had before. If, if they if they named that technology supercharge, right? And they said this is a, a supercharged Camry, not supercharged, uh, but supercharged Camry. Um, most people would go, well, that's rubbish because supercharged means something. Right. And it doesn't mean what you've done here, so that is a lie. Um, and they would be going, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's just marketing, it's just fine. And, in fact, most people going there would think they were buying an actual supercharged Camry when they weren't. Exactly. And that's why it's a lie, because you are deceiving your customers into buying something they might not buy because if, if you hadn't told them the lie. And that's that's what bothers me, is they seem to think it's okay. Yeah, they're defending it, and it's yeah. like, really, you're going to defend it. this? Yeah, they're proud of it. They're proud of that's, it. That's what bothers me yeah. more than anything. They think they've been so clever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I hope they get slapped down for this. I really do. Uh, you know what? They won't because this is the telecoms industry, and the telecoms industry is allowed to do what it wants. And yeah, pretty much. No, nobody looks out for the the customers. Even the regulations meant to look out for the customers is in bed with the telecom industry, uh, and unfortunately, we live in a world where Everybody now does this all the time. It's been normalized. Everybody, it doesn't matter, you know, this is, we live in the world of alternative facts. This is the definition of an alternative fact, which in most people's minds is a lie, but you call it an alternative fact and somehow that makes it okay. Well, not with everybody. No. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's some of us to actually still believe in the truth. Yeah. And in this case, you know, well, certainly when it comes to technology and standards and specifications, the truth can be absolute. There is no gray area. No. You can't rebrand science. No. That, that's what I like no. about science. Yeah. Um, it's either true or not true, or it's not proven yet. And if it's not proven yet, it's very clear that this is simply we're looking, we're trying to discover the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just disgusting. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't get slapped down by this, but you're right. They're absolutely not. Um, of course, the regulators that are out there, um, at least with this administration, seems to be very. We don't care. Yeah, it's all about a company making money, and if it's lying to customers, we're okay with that. It's kind of their mo. So I don't. Yeah. Nah, we're not going to get into any more of that, though. Um, let's, uh, move on then. What's the next thing we've got here, David? Somebody, somebody wanting to get paid? Yeah. 
so this I've got to admit the, 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 this is this has been a big story, and and I think we we missed something last week as well, which was the um, the FaceTime bug that Apple had, and this is kind of related because this is another Apple security exploit that somebody has discovered. Um, there's a guy, he's a security researcher who has um, apparently, and I say apparently because he's not given us any evidence of this beyond a video, but he has apparently demoed an exploit that allows um, somebody with access to a Mac running Mojave to get access to all the keychain passwords, which is the encrypted database that all Macs have with all of the uh, system passwords and everything in. Um, and he says that this exploit is easy and simple and foolproof. But the thing is, is that because he's a security, and I'm using the word with air quotes here, researcher, he wants uh, a bug bounty for turning over the data of this to Apple. And Apple doesn't operate bug bounties for the Mac. They only operate them for iOS. So effectively, he said, well, I'm telling you about, I'm going public on this exploit, but I'm not going to give any details to Apple until they pay me. And, yeah. um, you know, thanks very much, because now we're all insecure and, and people can defend. People have been defending and going, well, he's, he's, he's not turned over how the exploit works to anybody. So uh, we're not any less safe than we are. Bef- we were before. And that's not true, because the nature of hacking is that once you know something is possible, it gives you an idea of where to go to try and find it. And it's probably only a matter of time before somebody replicates this exploit and because apple's not been given an opportunity to patch it that means we're all vulnerable so thank you very much yeah but in some respects don't you think that irregardless of apple has a bounty or not if he finds an exploit shouldn't he be rewarded for that well he's doing apple's job for them yeah well there's my 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 position on this really is that um it depends what your view is. If your view is to do work like this because you want you want to earn a living, then you should go and work for a company that pays you a salary to do security research. If you want to do this sort of work because you want to make the world a better place, then you should use responsible disclosure, disclose the stuff to the company, and then if they fail to patch it, then you're within your rights to go public. Um However, what this guy appears to want to do is not work for anybody else. He wants to find exploits, then turn them in and get a bounty for them. So he wants to use it as as a way of living. And my, now, my my view on that is, if you don't if you don't want if you know that Apple will not pay you for these exploits because they don't have a bug bounty program, don't go looking for them. Yeah, go and go and do some other research that's that's paid. If if that's your if that's the way you keep a roof over your head, that's fine. People have a right to earn a living. Yeah, but what you don't get to do is effectively extort people, which is what they're doing here. He's basically saying, "I found this bug. It's a serious bug, but you're not going to pay me anything for it, so I'm not going to tell you where it is." Yeah, yeah, that is in, in the public domain blackmail. I'm afraid. That's true. Yeah, and that is what I can't countenance here. It's fine. He knows. Everybody knows that Apple doesn't. No, you can argue that it's a separate discussion whether Apple should issue bug bounties for the Mac. They do on iOS. Um, that kid who found the um, found the FaceTime exploit, where you could, yep. the, where it was found that with group FaceTime, you could um, you could inadvertently spy on the person you were calling. He got paid for that. He didn't ask to be paid. Well, here's the difference: he turned it in. He and his mother tried their damnedest to get the bug to Apple, and Apple dropped the ball on that. Yep. But eventually, when Apple realized what was going on, they said, you know what, you deserve, even though you've not asked for payment, you deserve to be paid for this because this is an important bug and you've discovered it, right? But what the kid did not do is, having been rebuffed by Apple, yeah, is go public about it and say, I found this terrible bug, but I'm not going to tell anyone how, many, uh, uh, how, how to do it until I see my check from Tim Cook. I think and Apple that, should pay a bounty. Yeah, and that's no, a different I, matter I, entirely, said, yeah. especially I, I, with one of the richest companies on the face of the planet. I completely agree. I think yep. that bug bounties are part of the security industry now, uh, and it, it, it doesn't make sense for Apple to pay bug bounties for iOS and not have a similar scheme for the Mac. I completely and utterly agree with that, but that is not my point. Oh, I my agree point with your is, point. Is that, yeah, my point here is that if you want Apple to pay bug bounties for the Mac... Yeah, what you can't do is go and find bugs and then tout to all the media, I found a bug and Apple are too cheap to pay me and they should be paying me. 
because it makes all of us less secure. And but what ultimately, if this r- results in Apple changing their policy and paying for bugs? What do you say about this guy then? Let's, well, say, let's I, say he actually affects changes. Apple comes back and says, you know what? Um, you're right. And we want to make sure the Mac is as secure as possible. Uh, we're going to implement this change. We are going to pay for bug, bug bounties in uh, Mac OS. And we're going to reward you for this. You're going to well, be the first. There's, there's two things. There. First of all, I don't agree with the way he's gone about it. Because he's still endangered every Mac user by doing it. And secondly... Um, I th- I think that um, it's not right that he's rewarded for his behaviour. Frankly, I think I think he's given up his right to earn a bug bounty, even with this bug, because of the way he's behaved. Yeah, yeah. In, in my that's my personal opinion, and I agree and with so your it, opinion. And in, in any, if anything, he's probably made it less likely that people are going to get bug bounties for behaving like this, because Apple could very rightly turn around and say, you know, it's the old we don't negotiate with terrorists argument, isn't it? It's like well, we if we capitulate to this and give this guy some money then then this is going to happen over and over again yeah yeah and and why would I think apple, apple want does to reward need a policy sort of change yeah i think Alice, uh, apple does need a policy change here i think yeah. it would be good for all of us if they did uh yeah. but i i definitely wouldn't reward this guy for um the way he's behaved it's it's kind of cruddy yeah i agree i agree with you on that uh, but I do agree with his contention that, well, I'm not going to release it unless I'm paid. Okay, I, I get that. But then don't make it public. Don't make a big stink about it. Because then you look petty, petty and small, and that's you, you're painting yourself into kind of a, a corner here that doesn't benefit you long term. Nobody's going to want to do business with you if this is the way you behave. Yeah. Um, speaking about behavior, <laughs> save this one before our... Uh, However, I'm going to transition into the OWC spot. This one is, um, I'm not a big fan of Jeff Bezos. No. I'm just not. Um, But it's undeniable what he created pretty much by himself to start. Amazon is very impressive. They do some things we don't agree with, but we both use Amazon products. Um, Jeff Bezos is being extorted. Absolutely, and he's he's turned it back on them because he's he's gone public about it. So yes, I, I think I think a lot of people who know anything about Jeff Bezos know that he has a reputation of being not the world's nicest man. Right. Um, and we've talked before about whether you kind of need to be a bit of a fool or a bit of a a hard ass or a, or a you know even a, a a jerk to be able to be successful as some of these people are but by all accounts yeah in his personal life he's not the world's best person no Um, cheating on his wife and exactly yeah well look plenty of people do that i'm not justifying it i'm not saying it's right but you know Uh, he's not he just because he's the ceo of amazon doesn't mean that that he doesn't have the same human failings as anybody else and i think that's an important point to make however i don't have those failings i would never ever cheat but, but you know what? And I don't if, say that because my wife's about eight feet away from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part uh, I, you of why know, you said it. <laughs> I, I, no. Um, I just think if you don't want to be with someone, then stop being with someone. Yeah. Don't start being with someone while you're still with somebody else. It's you, one of the yeah. cruelest possible man or woman. It's one of the cruelest things you could do. And the, 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 I, I, don't, yeah. I don't like the – he is a public figure. He, he well, should know better. He, well, he should. He should know that, that those sorts of personal things, even though he's got a right to a private life, those sorts of things are going to be because of his nature as a public figure, not yeah. just as the CEO of Amazon, uh, but also as the the chief executive of a space company, and most yeah. importantly, as the head of the Was- the owner of the Washington Post. Exactly. He should understand that those sorts of things are going to be um, picked up by the newspapers. Yeah. He's However, your head, dude. yeah. Uh, and and you know what? To be fair to him, I think he kind of owns that. He's not. He's he has. He is not. He's, I mean, plenty of people in his position would go out putting out, um, you know, lawsuits and uh, uh, trying to get, uh, you know, judgments that that will prevent prevent people from talking about it. Certainly, plenty of famous people have done that in the past, yep. uh, including the current sitting president. Um, so 
he's not done any of that. He's just kind of let it. He's just kind of rolled with it, and at least he's got that going for him. However, what has happened is that he has been approached by um, uh, I think it's what they called American Media Inc., who own the National Enquirer, um, who basically, to boil the story down, said to him, "Look, we have." some pictures of you, some personal pictures of you that appear to have been from certainly they, um, they gave him a full description of all the pictures they had of him. Um, they appear to have been hacked from his phone and, or, or his other, the lady's phone. One of the oh two. yeah. From, well, from a phone. Yeah. Uh, and, um, they said, we are going to publish these and embarrass you with them unless you, uh, sign a non-disclosure agreement that means that you and anybody associated with you will stop claiming that uh, American media, media, the owner of the National Enquirer, has um, has been has been working to uh, to support some political motivations. Yeah, that they've been working with the Saudis, that they've been uh, yeah. killing stories and the like for the sitting president. Yeah, they, they uh, basically their mo is to buy up stories and then not right. publish them for them. Basically, buy buy them up so they can't be published by anybody else, and yeah. then not publish them for people who they like. Basically, and, they're super corrupt. Yeah. Um, it, it's they are exactly the opposite of what you would think a newspaper or a news program or journalist would actually do. They, that's not what they are. Yeah. they're and basically the, they're scum. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's known the the, the Inquirer has been scum forever. They well, they've been yeah. printing lies forever and ever. They're tabloid yeah. trash, but this is a whole different thing. Yeah, because the problem um, with this is this is uh, this is yeah. So they basically say if your client agrees to cease and desist defamatory behavior, by that by that it's it's by um, effectively because what happened is when he found out that these pictures have been hacked. He he hired national, he hired private investigators to try and find out how it happened. Yeah, and um, the National Enquirer doesn't like that because nope. clearly because they probably either either have committed or have paid somebody to commit some sort of crime in order to get those pictures. Yeah, because and then to make matters worse, they commit a crime here by trying to blackmail. Well, I'm yeah. waiting for indictments to come down. There, I would there's got to be some arrests so, particularly as Particularly as apparently they already have cut an immunity deal with the Mueller investigation over this. Yeah. Uh, because they are on record as having admitted that they've done this um, buy up a story and then pay somebody off. Yeah, and for, by for President Trump before with the, with Playboy models. Right. So by yeah. continuing this behavior and trying to blackmail someone, they're in big trouble. Well, yes, because they're not just. It would be bad enough if they were trying to blackmail uh, Bezos as the head of Amazon, um, you know, the head of an important company. But it puts a slight, an, an even worse spin on it in the fact that this is the man who owns a, a major news outlet. Yep. Yeah. So this, this is, uh, you know, it's stifling of speech. It's I don't know what crimes the, these these come under. Well, blackmail is, to, it's a federal crime. Uh, and would would. Um, Wire extortion is that a crime? Basically, oh yeah. Extortion, forcing. Yeah, well, extortion is a crime. Racketeering and that sort of thing. This is this is effect. This is not a million miles away from you know. Nice store about. Nice store you've got here. Be a shame if something happened to it. You know, it's like nice private life you got there. Be a shame if something happened to it. Yeah. You hey, know? you stop talking about us. Stop investigating us, or we're going to release these photos of you. Yeah, uh, that's blackmail, and oh, by the way, that's a federal crime, and uh, and you know, I give it up to Jeff Bezos, I really do. My my opinion of him actually went up, yeah, quite a few degrees when I because I read this entire thing that he wrote himself, and he literally pasted in the email from you know. <laughs> the yeah. chief content officer at AMI, where where this guy listed uh, uh, Dylan Howard, yeah, he expli listed explicitly the photos they had, presumably to to try and demonstrate to Bezos that what an idiot! Know, Why yeah. would you put that in writing and put that out there? What well, they, a freaking idiot! Because they were counting on him being so embarrassed by this to not want to talk about it. Yeah, boy, that you backfired know? on them, didn't it? Yeah, I, I guarantee you that this uh, this Martin, or I'm sorry, what's his name? Um, 
John P. Fine, is that it? Oh, I can't keep up. Yeah, John Fine yeah. is their, their, uh, the AMI's legal counsel. Yeah. Well, this guy, as a legal counsel, just set himself up for um, going to jail. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's the one that's delivering the ransom note. Yeah. <laughs> na, 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 na. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Yeah. I, I think I think this this kind of sums sums it up. Um, Bezos says these communications cement AMI's long-earned reputation for weaponizing journalistic privileges, hiding behind important protections, and ignoring the tenets and purpose of true journalism. Yeah. Of course, I don't want personal photos published, but I also won't participate in their well-known practice of blackmail, political favors, political attacks, and corruption. I prefer to stand up, roll this log over, and see what crawls out. But I'm, the reason they've done this is because this is their standard MO. Yeah, and yeah. too many people have... Look, most people don't have the the resources that a Jeff Bezos has. Well, it, it's something something actually Bezos says in his Medium post about this is that he is aware of several other journalists who've had these tactics used on them. Yep. So, um, you and they know. capitulated simply because they couldn't take the risk of losing their livelihood with stuff like this happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, there, there is a there is a wider moral here, which is. People take lots and lots of stupid pictures with their phones, and they need to stop it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. D- don't yeah. take pictures. You know, don't take pictures that you wouldn't want your mother, your friends to see. Yeah? I read not a, necessary. Or if I you are going to take those pictures, don't do them on a device that's connected to the internet. There was a story. I don't think we talked about it here. I think I read about it on Facebook or somewhere like that. And I, I know I talked to Julie about it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, a lady's phone broke, um, iPhone, and she took it into I want to say a T-Mobile. And I'm, yeah, it was is definitely a T-Mobile store. Maybe we did talk about it here. I'm not sure. And she, it, they said, you know, we can't really fix it. It's it's going to cost too much to fix it. The screen was broke, and something else was messed up on it. So she agreed to get a new phone. And that they would transfer the information from her old phone to the new phone. Now, in doing so, she unlocked the phone so they could transfer the information. She was talking to somebody else in the store, a friend of hers that actually works in that store while these two guys were doing it. Turns out she had her um, the wireless headphones on. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that. They were going through her camera roll. They found some, let's just say, some compromising video. Right. And they started watching it. And she could hear it on her yeah. headphones. So they, she knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And she's suing that uh, that branch of T-Mobile at this point. Yep. Um, Quite right, too. I, 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 you know, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought, oh, my God, are you kidding me? These guys should totally be. One of them already left the company. The other one still works in the store. I thought. She's already filed a lawsuit, and that person still works in the store. Are you kidding me? Yeah, why didn't they find that guy? Well, are you, uh, what kind of a scum owner? Now, look, it's not owned by T-Mobile. Most T-Mobile stores are not owned by T-Mobile. They're franchises. Uh, yeah, wow. but how is yeah, but how is that not crime? I mean, how how come he hasn't? They haven't been arrested for that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember exactly where it was and what the statue is there, but. I don't know. If she unlocked the phone and handed it to them and they come across that kind of stuff on the phone, what is the law? I don't know. I mean, she she handed them an unlocked device with video on it that she wouldn't want anybody to see. Well, then why did you unlock the phone and hand it to them? Now, I'm not saying what they did was right or proper. Absolutely not. It's disgusting behavior. They both should be horsewhipped. But that's different than the law. So I don't know. Yeah, so sticky, obviously, you know, you know, from a civil standpoint, sure, absolutely, can sue them. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the rules are, but um, and and again, I'm not I'm not in any way trying to victim blame that lady or Jeff Bezos or anybody else. Don't yeah. don't do that with your phones. It's just I'm just saying, as a general rule, in my yeah. opinion, 
if if you don't take those sort of pictures, then there is no risk of anybody abusing privilege or breaking the law and getting hold of those pictures. Absolutely. Because let's face it, it's what everybody wants, you know? If you want to take private pictures of intimate, intimate moments, there are devices out there that don't connect to the internet that you can do that on and keep them private. Yep. Get a Polaroid camera, for God's sake. So. So. I have no transition from that. Oh, come on, man. You're the king of transitions. <laughs> One thing everybody does want is an iPad. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's weak, man. That's weak. That is, is weak. How is about weak how about if you want to use a, a, a standalone camera to record your intimate moments, you're going to need a device to manage those pictures on. Yeah, there a you computer. Go. Yeah. So... <laughs> OWC, I'm just gonna let that one go. OWC has, uh, you know, their specials page, and I found this on their specials page, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually really, really a good deal." They have a 16 gigabyte silver iPad Air with cellular. It's not just the Wi-Fi one. This one also has cellular on it. Excellent condition for 164.88. That, that is, is that is a good deal. That is a really good deal. So that I is, mean, an iPad Air is still a very capable um, iPad. I mean, I've got an iPad Air here. That's my wife not, still. My wife still uses well, that's the iPad uses, Air every day. Yeah, that's the one yeah. Julie uses. The iPad Air. Yeah. Um, that's a great machine. And if you're not doing a whole lot of video or storage and big games or anything on there, 16 yeah. gigabytes is more than enough for browsing the internet. And exactly. Cellular connected as well, so you're always connecting the internet. Probably good not to put intimate pictures on that yeah. particular well, device. Well, it's only 16 gigs, so we're okay there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> I think I'd, str I'd struggle with 16 gig myself. Oh, no. that's <laughs> Yeah, probably me too, because I have to use the Zoom feature quite a bit. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, stop it. Um, no, this is a really good deal. Um, if you're looking for, hey, maybe you're, maybe you've got a big crack in your iPhone or your iPad, or maybe you've got an older one that still uses, you know, or that doesn't, that won't run most of the newer stuff. Yeah. Or you just need a secondary iPad that you're going to take with you. Here's one with cellular. Yeah. It's 165 bucks. I mean, of, yeah. For instance, a lot of people have have the decent decent tablet at home, but then when they're traveling, if they're going to school or somewhere like that, and they're worried about either having it stolen or dropping it or something, then they get a cheap one. Yep. And um, this is you're getting a very capable machine for the same sort of money that you might get a a lousy Chinese uh, Android tablet for. Absolutely. Yep. 100 percent correct. Um, and look, these are all been reset, so it's going to be like you're the first user. Yeah. Um, but they've been broken in, so it's even better. Uh, I think this is a, quite honestly, it's a hell of a deal. OWC gives you a 90-day warranty on it. So you got three months to play with it. You're going to find out real quick if it's not working right. Yeah. So what I'll does, put a link. Go ahead. What does OWC do to break them in? What? Well, How, these are pre-owned, so... Well, yeah, you used to work there, though, so tell me, what's the breaking in procedure for an iPad? I'm, I'm intrigued. We we play Frisbee with them. Right, okay, great. Yeah, but in a room full of Nerf, it was okay, fine. Okay, that, So if they fine. dropped, it's not going to do anything. Okay, right. Just so we've um, got that in our minds. Yep, oh, absolutely. So uh, I'll put a link to this iPad Air 16 gigabyte silver in color, which means it's white on the front. Um at MyMac.com and TechFanPodcast.com. Let's jump into our wiki trolling. And I picked an uplifting one since we had nothing but bad news here, it seems like. Negativity be gone. One of my all-time favorite studios, movie studios, David, that I think that their track record almost speaks for themselves, although they are not completely unbeset by... Um, bad news. Uh, their founder was kicked out of the company for pretty bad behavior. Um, but let's uh, not focus yeah, on that. So, uh, of course, we are talking about the Roger Corman Studios. Mm -hmm. No. We're talking about Pixar. Uh, Pixar st Animation Studios, commonly referred to as Pixar, 
um, is a computer animation film studio based in Emeryville, Emeryville, California, and it's now a subsidiary of Walt Disney Studios. So Pixar actually began in 1979 as a graphics group, part of Lucasfilm. So think about that heritage now. And by the way, they bought Pixar before they bought Lucasfilm, so circle of life. Um, (laughs) No, they they didn't do that movie. No, that's well, actually, Disney did. Um, so at the time, remember, this is 1979. This is after the first Star Wars movie came out, and George Lucas is now working on uh, not one but two sequels to Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi. Some of what Lucas had done in. And it wasn't even CGI, it was just. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, practical effects. Yeah. For the first Star Wars movie was groundbreaking. It was amazing. But some of the technologies he wanted to use for the upcoming movies simply didn't exist. Uh, you know, he, he created subsidiaries underneath his own film company, and this was one of them. And they made some software. I remember it was called Render Man. Um, and I just looked on the Wikipedia, I'm correct. That would allow what we would consider primitive computers to do some animation stuff that would make his films better. And now, of course, as that subsidiary got more popular and more powerful, they started doing work for other studios as well. Eventually, however, the guys who started it, um, Edwin Catmull and Alvy Ray Smith wanted to make a movie themselves, pure animation, but computer animation had never been done before. And Lucas wasn't a big believer. He knew it was going to take a lot of money, and he just wasn't really interested in doing that. Well, also, he he needed to divest himself some stuff because he was he'd gotten divorced. And um, he'd done all the Star Wars movies, and basically he yep. needed cash. So he spun out um, basically Pixar. Yeah. And the person who bought it was a guy by the name of Steve Jobs. He yep. became the majority shareholder. Now, eventually, that was 1986. Think about how long ago that Steve Jobs bought this. 1986. Well, well yeah, it's certainly true that... Um, a lot of people forget how long ago that was. Yeah, computer graphics in in media was very, very much in its absolute infancy back then. You, know, yep. you could do small scale stuff. In fact, I remember that um, that Pixar were involved in the generation of that com- that um, computer sequence in the Wrath of Khan. You know the Genesis video, yep. Yep. yeah, which basically shows a torpedo hitting a planet and terraforming, and terraforming it. The yeah. whole thing was rendered in CG. And that was a, a groundbreaking sequence because nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Yeah, because the way they wanted to angle the cameras and move around the planet and you see the wave of the Genesis effect on the on the planet, it was – they couldn't do it. Well, it, yes, basically it would have been um, – to, to have that sequence done practically for what's a very short – you know, a, yeah. what, 40, 45, 50-second 50 50 sequence in the movie would have been prohibitively expensive. Well, they said they couldn't thing. do it. Yeah. I've, I've watched a couple of documentaries over time on Pixar, and that was one of the things that they focus on, that it, it literally could not be done. Yeah. Not the way that the director of, the, of that movie wanted it to be done, with the camera angle and the following it around. It just it couldn't be done. Yeah. And so they came to Pixar, and Pixar did it, and it came out. I remember watching that in the movie theater, and that was amazing. I didn't think at the time, wow, they made that on computers. I completely bought that this is a a simulation on this spaceship that they're seeing what this would actually happen. Yeah. Well, um, I, it was amazing. I, I think that's part of the reason that Pixar has been so successful is for them, the tools are just a... They want to work in computer graphics, but they don't want to show off computer graphics. They want the computer graphics to disappear. They just want it to make it to to use that technology to make great animated movies. Well, yes, that was the the hope that it doesn't matter how great the technology is. 
they didn't want to make a computer animated movie. They wanted to make a movie. Yeah. And they knew um, the only way to do that is for you to believe in the characters, believe in the story, forget that you're watching computer animation and simply enjoy what you're seeing, which is the movie. Because I don't care how slick it looks. Look at Independence Day 2, which came out well, a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. Horrible movie. Yeah. Looks amazing. Is terrible movie. So we don't care how pretty it looks if the movie doesn't work. And, and you go back and watch the original Toy Story now, which was their first full-length animated feature, which was amazing. But amazing. It wasn't, it wasn't amazing because of the way it looked. No, and it that was 1995. Of, yeah, but you, you get the point is, is that by modern standards, Toy Story actually looks a little bit primitive. Yeah. But the point is, is that um, what, within kind of two minutes of getting into the movie, you completely forget you're watching computer animation because you become immediately involved into the into the story. I mean, they were don't get me wrong, they were very clever because by by choosing to do toys, it, it put less strain on the animation. You know, the parts of that movie where they actually show real people, right? Are rough. By modern standards, sure. But the point is, is that uh, it doesn't matter because the majority of the thing takes place in a world that they could render well, and yeah, the story and the and the characters are so engaging they could have done it with stick fingers and you would enjoy enjoyed it as much. Now I remember watching the documentary, and they spend a lot of time on that movie, Toy Story, and how it was developing, and they found a uh, a company that would distribute the movie, and that was Disney. And Disney, their CEO at the time, insisted that it be grittier. So they actually made the Woody character kind of a, an ass, to yeah. be honest. And when they first saw the first rough cut of it, it didn't work at all because no one liked Woody. And they did something very brave. They went and changed everything without... Basically, without Disney's approval, Disney yeah. said, scrap it. It's not going to work. And they just said, no, they took two weeks, rewrote the whole thing, and it worked. And what we got was pretty much the work of those two weeks. Um, $30 million budget, which is nothing. It's nothing. Even in 95, that's nothing for a full-length movie. Uh, opening weekend, $29.1 million. <laughs> it made its money back almost in the first weekend uh gross unadjusted so it's it's not doesn't count today's dollars um in north america was 191 million worldwide 373 million and that's just the movie that's nothing to do with merchandise or anything else. no merchandise must be billions gigantic and that also didn't consider um videotape at the time or dvds or you know, remember this is ninety five. DVDs didn't come out until ninety nine. That's yeah. when they hit. No, um, first, I remember the first copy of Toy Story that we had at home was on videotape. Yeah. Oh, say, same with me. Here's my story about Toy Story. Um, I was uh, I had gone through a divorce and I was living on my own, and I was living in this little duplex. It's a nice place. Don't get me wrong. And Rachel, my oldest daughter would come over every Friday night when I got out of work and I would have her every weekend until Sunday when she went back to her mom's house. And I met, it was heartbreaking too. I hated it because she'd always cry when she had to go back to her mom's house. She had so much fun with me, but it was just the two of us. And, you know, I, I would let her watch whatever she wanted to watch. Now I was broke. I mean, I, I was, I did not have much money. All my money went to the bills and making sure Rachel was taken care of and could eat when she was at my house. If you look at pictures from me from like a year in there, I'll send them to you sometime. Um, I've actually had people jokingly said I, I look like I, I was suffering from AIDS. Mm-hmm. It, it looked like I was, I was way, way skinnier than I should have been. Um, but it's still a happy memory in that I remember she would get there <clears throat> and we go for walks and stuff like that. And I'd say, what do you want to watch? Toy Story. I had Toy Story on uh, videotape, and it was that big poofy VHS package. You remember those? The mm-hmm. the case was kind of poofy feeling. Yeah. We wore that original copy out, and I actually had to buy another copy. Mm-hmm. 
That's how many times we watched it. I remember laying on the couch with Rachel snugged up against me. She's all of like, three years old. Yeah. Because this was 97. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie, obviously, was out on videotape. And she would have her head on my arm. And we were both facing the... And her head... She'd sweat when she fell asleep. And my arm and sleeve would be soaked in her sweat. But I would wait till the movie's over because if I moved, she would immediately wake up and insist on keep watching the movie. Yeah. I watched Toy Story. I'm not exaggerating. 300 times. Not exaggerating. Because she'd watch it four or five times every weekend. And I didn't mind because it was such a fantastic movie. Now, I could... I could literally talk with the movie with the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I haven't seen it at this point in probably 10 years, maybe more. But even Cole, all these years later, still likes Toy Story. That's how good that movie is. They followed it up with A Bug's Life, which uh, had a much bigger budget of $120 million. Uh, it did make its money back over time. But I think everybody agrees A Bug's Life is not as good as a, as Toy Story, it's okay, it's an okay movie, but I don't think it comes even close to Toy Story. Uh, no, uh, I think um, uh, yeah, it's it's well because I've always been a bit. I always preferred Ants. <laughs> I thought Ants was a better movie too, yeah, uh, which came out around the same time. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. Um, uh, I mean, it's kind of a it's a bit of a remake of. Um, so was it? it's not it's not the Magnificent Seven because the Magnificent Seven were actual gunfighters, but it's, right. it's a similar movie like that where you know it's the same conceit, which is the guy thinks he's hi- hiring warriors to protect them from the bullies, when in fact he's not. Right. Um, and then he has to go out and get the yeah guys to help him. And it yeah. was it was a bit it was a little bit derivative. Yeah, it was clever, but it was derivative. Yeah. The the third movie they came out with was Toy Story Two. Now, Toy Story 2, actually, I think that's the one they rewrote in two weeks. Yeah. Regardless, uh, Toy Story 2 comes out. That was supposed to be a direct-to-DVD release. That wasn't going to hit the theaters. Mm. But they made it such a good movie. Some people would say it was a better story than the original Toy Story. Yeah. Um, that, that scene with the cowgirl mm-hmm. yeah, and getting left... Yeah, they um, they re- they actually ripped that scene off. I watched Toy Story two again recently, and I thought, "Hey, I've seen this sequence before." And then I realized it was the same sequence they did for the bear in Toy Story three. Yes. You know, kind of. Uh, oh yeah, this is. I remember the the housing days of being with my owner, and then I got left behind. Yes. Yeah. But the way they did it in Toy Story two, as yeah. a grown man, I was choked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, they got me. Um, so they they hit the ground running really well. Uh, their fourth movie was Monsters Incorporated. I thoroughly enjoyed Monsters. Yeah. It was such a good movie. And I thought the casting of John Goodman was brilliant. Most people want to point the finger at Sully, which is, uh, what's his name, the comedian? No, um, Sully is John Goodman's character. It, the other one is... Yeah, right, um, right, right. Yeah, the other one is... Um, <clears throat> Guy, uh, Billy Crystal. Yeah. yeah. Everybody likes to point to Billy Crystal of what a, he was perfect for the role, and he was. But I still think it's John Goodman well, that, that really is the, the, the heart of that movie. Uh, not only that, I think I think the concept behind that movie is just amazing. Yeah. The idea monsters in the that closet the monsters is real. are real, that they use teleporting doors to come into your room at night, and they get power from your fear is, is a fantastic premise. Mm-hmm. You know, and the idea of monsters it, it being like a performance just to try and scare you, scare the kids, you know, and, and yet the, the monsters themselves are terrified of the kids. I think yes. it was the fifth movie that that made Pixar what they are today, however. Because up to this point, they were fun movies. They did have that stirring scene in Toy Story, but it was the growth of a character and the emotion in finding Nemo mm. that man, what a powerful movie that is. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it was fantastic. It was so much better than I thought it was going to be, but I shouldn't have been surprised because at that point it's a Pixar movie. 
And even to this day, if it's a Pixar movie, you know it's going to be good. Although I, I will I, say they may have lost a little bit of that, just a little bit. Well, nobody can nobody can hit gold every time. I I think probably finding the uh, Finding Nemo, I would say, is probably one of he's probably uh, alongside Toy Story is one of the best they've ever made. Um, uh, there's one in there that eh, there's two in there that I think deserve to be right there. there as well. are, the next the, one the, is yeah, the yeah, Incredibles. There are, there, there are see, yeah. I, I kind of know what you're saying, but The Incredibles is something different. The Incredibles I, a, is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. Exactly, but that's that's my point. It's almost it's so good, but it's almost not a Pixar movie. Yep, I agree. It's a superhero movie. Whereas, well, and that's think, also the first movie that they hired an outside director to come in to make his movie at Pixar. Yeah, that yeah. didn't start life as a Pixar movie, if you will. He came in and pitched this idea and went to Pixar and make it. Yeah. Cars after the Pixar was okay. Oh, well, you know what? Everyone likes to dump on the Cars franchise. I th- I love the Cars movies. I think they're fantastic. I, I haven't think, seen Cars three yet. I haven't seen Cars three yet either, actually. But um, I think they are hugely underrated. I think people like to sneer down on them because they were a pet project with John Lasseter. But yeah. actually, I think I th- I think the Cars movies are great movies, and and as good I think as- they're good movies. Yeah, well, I, I I actually think they're great. I've watched them many, many times, and I think they capture something that um, perhaps a lot of people don't appreciate. But um, I think I think they're great movies. I really enjoy them. Rat Tatouille was the next one. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to make of Rat Tatouille. I liked it better the second time I saw it than I did the first time. Yeah. Rat Tatouille. Yeah, it's it's it has some really great moments. themes in it. Yeah, some really yeah. great moments and some incredibly realized characters. I think the problem is is that um, for me, it <laughs> I still I find the premise is is just flawed. I, I think the idea I agree. Of, of of a rat that wants to be a gourmet chef is it just doesn't quite get. It doesn't quite. It's a little bit of me. an eye roll. Yeah. 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 The next two movies, however, I would say is. It may be their two best movies. And I say that after saying what I said about Finding Nemo. I'd probably put Finding Nemo number three. I think their two best movies are the next two. Wall-E, which is so good. Yeah. Now, I say that and I watched it this morning. Knowing that we were going to do this, I decided I was going to watch just a little bit of Wall-E. I watched the whole damn thing. I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Yeah. It's that good. It is. There's hardly any dialogue, and you completely buy these two little robots fell in love. The, the, they completely fell in love. Uh, so here's the problem, because I know what the next movie after Wally you're going to say, which is Up. Yep. Yeah. Now the problem, they are great movies. I I particularly adore Wally. I've watched it so many times. Yep. But in terms of looking at Pixar's output, I think the problem both of those movies have is they have long sequences in them that are better than the rest of the movie i agree yeah? i agree and to uh, me that that's I, yep. that kind of you know i wish the, the whole, whole movie, movie was, was as good as those sequences you know wally that first 20 minutes where there is no dialogue and right. yet they bring the entire story out yep. with no dialogue just from watching what this robot does and, and the first 10 minutes of up, first 10 is, minutes of up where they basically do the the main character's entire life yeah. Including his motivation again yeah. without without any words. There isn't there isn't a human alive that doesn't get choked up watching the first ten minutes of up. Yeah. I mean, you know, you completely there's no dialogue. Yeah. And you completely understand that this man loved this woman so much and he never did the one thing that she always wanted to do. Never did it. And that's his one regret in his life. He he it, it it tears him up that he didn't do this thing, yeah. and that's basically take her out into the world. And after Up, I think there's some really good movies, but none of them match that, that those right there. That's the peak. Toy Story three comes out. It's okay. I liked it, but Toy Story three is a good movie. But again, that it's another one that suffers because it has that play sequence at the end. That yep. is so much better than the entire rest of the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Cars Two. It's okay. Um, I think it's just as good as Cars. Brave. I love Brave. Yeah, but it doesn't really feel like a Pixar movie, to be honest. 
yeah, I no, remember I watching this. Cole was pretty young when we watched Brave, and he did not want to watch Brave. He was adamant. He, he did not want to watch this movie. I kept saying, let's watch it. We I had it for a while, you know. Yeah. Like, no, let's watch Brave, buddy. It's a Pixar movie. You're going to like it. I think he didn't want to watch it or like it because it was a girl character, and he was way into the I'm a boy thing. I don't like girl toys. You know how boys get sometimes. Yeah. He watched that movie scowling until the three little brothers uh, run through the house naked. Yeah. And we had, he laughed so hard at that scene, his face turned red and he kept making us back up the movie to watch that scene over and over. And it made me laugh out loud and my face turned red simply because he was laughing so hard at that. Yeah. That's my memory of Brave. I like the story concept. I like that she's, here's this girl that's every bit as capable as the boys and she ends up proving it. I like the story, um, but it was okay. I think uh, Brave is one of those ones where they had to do a complete pivot and rewrite on it. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think got a feeling with Brave, the uh, director might have been fired. Um, and, and I always felt felt it, it came across in the movie and that it wasn't, you know, it seemed to have something off. I, th- I think the problem, the other problem with Brave is that the star of the movie is her hair. Yeah. <laughs> because well. nobody had ever done hair like that in computer animation before. And, and I, I, for me, I couldn't get past, as great as the story was, I couldn't get past how great her hair was. And, of course, that's where the technology is overriding the story. Monsters University was the next one. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't take to that one at all. Uh, the uh, one I didn't take to is the next one, Inside Out. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of see where you're coming from with that. It, the premise is went just on about stupid. how fabulous it was, and, and I was underwhelmed. Yeah, I just thought the premise is really stupid. Yeah, these little the little people live inside your head, and they're the different emotions and stuff that you feel. And I just ugh. I, the only thing I really liked was Lewis Black being angry in it all the time. <laughs> that I liked. The rest yeah. of it, I was just like, this is this is uh, not good. Yeah, the the problem I had with it wasn't so much the premise. I quite like the premise, but it's it's what they did with the characters, where they kind of left the brain and had to go on a journey. I, I just didn't buy. Yeah. It. I didn't. No, it I didn't. Really I didn't. For me. Yep, I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. The Good Dinosaur is actually a pretty decent movie, uh, but it, again, this feels like a Disney animation movie. It does not feel like a Pixar movie, yeah. and it's yet another, you know, going on a voyage type of thing. Um, the next one, though, was really good, Finding Dory. Mm-hmm. Now, it's still kind of Finding Nemo, and it picks up immediately after Finding Nemo. And it still has the charm of Finding Nemo. I just don't think it has the heart of Finding Nemo. It was just, everybody liked Dory from Finding Nemo. Let's have a movie that really focuses on Dory. And it's so much of a retread in this movie. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's it's that. I I know what you mean, but actually it was incredibly well executed. Yeah. Um, You know, um, it had some great characters in it. Um, It did, but at the end of the day, it just felt like... Yeah, they just had to make a, a sequel. I didn't. Well, look, well, I never a, thought Finding Nemo needed a sequel. Yeah, well, here's here's the thing. Back in the day, Pixar said they weren't going to do t- sequels, and they kind of got suckered into it for Toy Story two because they were trying to get out of the what they thought was a a quite an egregious contract that they had with Disney in terms of yes, because um, basically they did all the work and Disney got all the money. Um, right. And Disney, Disney could say we we're going to make a sequel with or yeah. without you. Well, that was basically what it was. Disney said, we're going to do it anyway. So yep. either you do it or we're going to do it. And so they, they did it. And, of course, that kind of, you know, it opened the floodgates, really. Um, Cars 3 was the next one, the 18th movie they've made so far. I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. And I don't really have any desire to see it. It's just... Uh, no, I'm, I'm keen to see it. I just haven't got to it yet. That's all. As I said, I love the Cars movie. So. The 19th movie... I don't know if you've seen Coco yet. It's extremely well done. I really liked Coco. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. No, the kids have seen it. I haven't. It's it's basically the uh, well. I like it. I'll just leave it yeah. at that. Number twenty is we're wrapping up this episode of Tech Fan. Is The Incredibles two? Really good movie. I liked it a yeah, lot. It, it, I've been wanting a sequel to The Incredibles, and it picks up. Right, I, literally, the beginning of Incredibles two is the end of Incredibles, I, and I thought it was as good as the Incredibles. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yep. 
I, I did like the the discovery mode that you get in The Incredibles. Yeah. Um, especially with the kids kind of learning their powers and yeah, and uh, Jack I mean, Jack being what he is. You could but, you could suggest that the idea of you know the good guy being brain controlled to be bad is a, is a slightly overdone trope in sci-fi. Sure. But um, it was still really well done. Yeah, I, I I really liked The Incredibles too. I thought it was uh, well done. Uh, it, it's one of those movies that is as good as the original. So that is our wiki trolling. It's Pixar. I don't think they've made a dud yet, but it, of course I haven't seen Cars three. <laughs> they've made a couple that aren't as great as the others. There's some huh? movies in there I never want to see a sequel. I never want to see a Wall-E sequel. I never want to see a Up sequel. Yeah. Um, the rest are yeah. What about and, you? We missed out planes. Well, they were, that wasn't made by Pixar, wasn't it? No, that's a Disney animation movie. They just uh, made it in the same universe as Cars. Okay, I like planes as well, and yeah, never, planes, never, fire and rescue, great movies. I, I've seen five minutes of each, maybe. Yeah, I think the thing is, I'm a sucker for that whole you know anthropomorphic car thing yeah. so it kind of it gels with me whereas I know a lot of people don't like it. it it trips your trigger it certainly does so we'd love to hear back from you guys uh, send us an email it's the show at techfanpodcast.com or of course you can go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a comment in um, the show notes of course we are on twitter at techfanpodcast it's amazingly enough and we are on the Facebook. David, we're on for next week? We certainly are. I'll see you then, my friend. See you then.